Hey there, friend. It's Clarissa, founder of Blossoming Fertility and the host of the Fertility Friends podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I know the path to motherhood isn't always easy, and you don't have to go through it alone. After experiencing my own fertility challenges, I discovered a passion for helping other women because I believe that everyone's fertility journey is unique and beautiful in its own way. As your new fertility friend, I'm here to support you through the tough times, to encourage you to keep going, and to restore your belief in your body's ability to get and stay pregnant. Grab your cup of tea, get cozy, and join me here each week for education, heartfelt conversations that'll warm your soul, and inspiring stories to help you feel seen and understood along the way. Listen in, because this one's for you, my friend. Hey there, friend. Thanks so much for being here for part two of my fertility story. And if you have not already listened to part one, go back to that first episode. Uh, It's actually linked in the show notes below too for easy access, but it's definitely important for you to hear that part of the story first, where I'm going to go into more details about just our journey in general, how we really, I guess, even before we started trying my cycle health and all of the history and backlog. So make sure you check that out first and um, do that before we get into this actual episode. So just to pick up where we left off from last time. So just to summarize a little bit, where we left off was I hit rock bottom on my fertility journey, right? So I had reached a point where mentally and emotionally, even physically, I just was not my best self. And I knew that I needed to make a change. And I knew that I didn't like the person I was becoming. So I wanted to do something different. I wanted to feel different on my fertility journey. So I took a step back and I made the decision to just pause, pause, trying to conceive, pause all things fertility related and focus on my own healing. I just wanted to take really a year. I don't know why a year just felt like the right time for me. Um, This was May, 2021, by the way, at this point. So I just wanted to take a year to focus on healing, focus on healing my mental well-being, my emotional well-being, my physical well-being. So I still had the desire to get pregnant. Ultimately, that was my main goal, right? But I wanted that in addition to being able to live my best life and be the best version of myself in the meantime before getting pregnant. So that's ultimately what my goal was, what I was trying to um, just achieve and accomplish essentially. So I knew that at the time, because I had hit that rock bottom, I wanted to start with my mindset because my emotions were all over the place and I had so many negative thoughts and limiting beliefs, and they were just really running the show at that point. They were causing me to just feel really sad, really hopeless, really triggered all the time. And I was tired of feeling that way. So I do remember one of the first courses that I took actually was from Robin Birkin, who is an amazing fertility coach and really helped me a lot throughout my journey. But I discovered her first and I took one of her courses And that was really the first time that I felt like my feelings and everything that I was experiencing was valid. I think up until that point, I was judging myself a lot and being just really critical of all of the negative thoughts and negative emotions that I was feeling. But this course really gave me that validation to start to feel my feelings and to accept the feelings I was having and to 
not think that they were wrong. I mean, it's okay to feel this way when you are going through this. And so that was a big breakthrough that I had. One of the activities that I remember her um, instructing us to do was just journaling things out. So I actually had this little journal and every day I would write in it and I would write the raw, unfiltered feelings. So if I was angry that day, I would write about how angry I was and why I was angry and what happened and what trigger came up and just getting all of that out on paper to where it could go from being in my mind and my body onto paper instead was really cathartic, I guess. It was just a really great release for me. And I I had a lot of breakthroughs from doing that. It sounds like such a simple exercise. If you haven't tried that, I really recommend it because it helped me a lot. Um, now, one of the next programs that I found was by Spencer Broussard. So it was her Fertility Mind Body, Ma- Fertility Mind Body Mastery Program. And that was also really helpful. It helped me remove a lot of the guilt and the shame that I was feeling too. So I mentioned before in part one that I hadn't told any of my friends or family about how I was feeling because I was really embarrassed by it and because I just felt ashamed that I wasn't able to get pregnant. So that program helped me overcome a lot of those feelings too, and also overcome the feeling of not feeling, but just the overall perfectionism. At that point, I felt like I had to do everything right, everything perfect. I had to eat perfect. I had to think perfectly and just do everything perfectly in order to get pregnant. And that program helped me just remove a lot of those ideas about why I needed to feel like I needed to be um, perfect on the journey. So that one was really helpful as well. Um, Next up was Stesha Rukoff. So she um, was my fertility coach for, for a while. I did a few of her programs. She's amazing. And her programs really helped me go deep. So I feel like the other ones were maybe a little bit more surface level, And I started to progress into getting things a little bit into things that were a little bit more deep. Uh, But with her, we did some inner child work too. So thinking back to past memories, past traumas and things that might have been hindering my ability to get pregnant, Um, even some womb healing as well. So a lot of really deep inner work that I started to realize a lot of breakthroughs and things that maybe happened in my childhood, Um, limiting beliefs even about being pregnant and what that would be like and what that would mean for me and my life and my career, my relationships, all sorts of things. So that was really impactful as well. Um, So definitely don't want to discount um, that program and everything that I did with Stesha on the way too. She was an awesome coach. Um, I also helped, or one of the practitioners that helped me a lot was Michelle Orovitz. So if you don't know Michelle, you definitely got to check out her podcast and her courses and everything that she does as well. But she has these hypnosis audios. Uh, It was like an audio train, not a training, but they're just different little snippets that you can listen to at different parts of your cycle or depending on what you're needing or feeling. And I listened to those hypnosis audios every night before I went to bed. Um, Even my husband confessed to that. I think he was probably kind of annoyed by them at some point when he was trying to fall asleep too. But to me, they were just really soothing, really reaffirming. And I didn't always stay awake for the whole thing. So I can't say that I actually know everything that it said, but like, especially at the beginning, you know, she just leads you through this breathing exercise. It helps your body just feel really relaxed. And then I know that that audio is playing. So there's this, you know, subconscious programming too, that's happening. And, um, 
things like, you know, visualizing the whole system, your whole reproductive system working well and um, in sync with each other and things like that. So those are just really impactful. I highly, highly recommend those audios. So if you um, want to check her out, I'll actually try to link all of these programs. Maybe in the show notes is what I'll try to do after this. But um, yeah, so I listen to those every night without fail. Those were super helpful. I also got these free affirmations from Molly Nichols. And it was just this set of fertility affirmations. So she would just repeat different things like I am fertile. I am, um, I'm confident in my body's ability to conceive, you know, just things like that. And I would just listen to those and I would just repeat those. And again, right before I went to bed. So I didn't really do a lot of this stuff during the day necessarily. It was always right before bed, just really reaffirming my thoughts, changing my beliefs, no matter what happened during the day, no matter how triggered I felt. I had this ritual at the end of my day to just reframe my thoughts and get back on track to where I knew I wanted to be. So those things were really helpful just from a mental, I guess, subconscious programming type of thing. And again, with that type of stuff, repetition is key. You've got to really repeat it. So I think the fact that I did it every night was really, really helpful. And I started to feel changes where not that I didn't need them. I looked forward to them in a different way to, they started to be instead of maybe more healing. They were just soothing and they were just comforting. And I just, I looked forward to it. You know, I would place my hand over my womb as I was breathing through them and just visualize that positivity, really internalize those words and what they were saying. And it helped me a lot. So one of the things I did though, for the day-to-day, I guess, encouragement, as I did create a Pinterest board, I made it private too, but I just looked for fertility quotes and I just typed in infertility, fertility quotes, fertility inspiration. And I found a bunch of different affirmations, um, motivational quotes, inspirational quotes, and I would refer to that board every now and then. So I would go back if I was having a rough day throughout the day, and I would just pull up that board and read through some of those quotes. And it would give me a lot of comfort and remind me that you know what, things are okay. And just really help again, restore that belief. So um, another piece that I did around the mindset piece, I actually had signed up for the Primester protocol with Dr. Cleopatra. And for those who don't know her, she's also really super amazing, really passionate, um, really knowledgeable in the field of fertility and epigenetics specifically. But one of the concepts in her program, she calls it leaving the porch light on for your baby. And it was essentially... It just gave me so much hope because it was more like, I am doing all of this. I am trying to heal my mind, heal my body and work through everything. And I'm doing that to show my future baby that I am ready for you, that this vessel, this womb that you're about to, you know, be in, live in for nine, 10 months, it's ready for you. I'm waiting for you. And that porch light is on. It's, it's okay to come. It's time to come. So just that concept was really comforting to me. And I held on to that throughout my journey throughout the remainder of this year too. And one thing about the Primester Protocol that was, I guess, unique compared to the other programs that I had done before this was that Steve and I actually did it together. So we watched the videos together and I think initially it took a little bit of convincing, right? I don't know that he was um, too keen on it at first, but I think once he saw how much it meant to me and how much I was enjoying it. Uh, he was happy to join in with me and we would watch it instead of Netflix or we would still watch Netflix. Let me be real. <laughs> we were still watching Netflix. And, but then afterwards, you know, we would do 
30 minutes to maybe an hour of these lessons and just complete them together. And we really primestered together to implement a lot of just lifestyle changes and mindset changes and doing a lot of the journal work and everything in that program. So that was really helpful for me with just restoring my confidence, restoring my belief. She was just really helpful in being really optimistic about you can get pregnant. You can absolutely do this. She even calls you mama throughout the whole um, program too. So it would always be like, okay, mama, okay, mama. And I didn't feel like a mama at the time, but I think the more I heard it and the more I started to watch the lessons, it started to just feel more and more like an identity that I could step into. So I appreciated that about her and her approach. So yeah, those were some of the things that I did to improve my mental health at the time, you know, just different. And I I guess I didn't mention this either, but I did do meditations, um, some fertility meditations here and there, usually from some of these programs that I mentioned already, um, some breath work and things like that. So just things that could really calm my nervous system down, reduce some of that stress that I was feeling, and then overcome a lot of those negative beliefs and just, yeah, beliefs and thoughts that I was having on a daily basis. So I really did start to feel better mentally. I wasn't finding that I was triggered a lot anymore. You know, I could actually be around or see pregnant women without, you know, wanting to cry. I would actually almost even be happy for them. It was just a real big adjustment for me. So I felt hopeful again and I felt that belief in my body. I started to think, you know what, this will happen for me. This is going to happen for me. It's just a matter of time. So I felt more confident going into my journey too. And I, that confidence gave me peace. Ultimately, I felt like by focusing on my mind and healing my mindset, I discovered this peace, just knowing that it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's a matter of time. This is meant for me. And I just really stepped into that belief and that identity that I not only want to be a mom, I am a mom and I'm, I'm going to be a mom. So that was, um, the mental mindset side of things for me, um, on this year of healing. So after I got my mindset more under control, the next thing that I wanted to focus on was healing my body. And I think I mentioned in the previous episode that I was working with Parsley Health, which is an online doctor service. I guess I got to find a better term for that. I don't know what they're called, but (laughs) it's like an online health service, I guess. Um, so the next phase that I had done with them, we actually, with that doctor, I had done a stool test too. And that stool test did reveal some imbalances in my gut, uh, also continued inflammation and digestive issues. I was still really constipated. So I took steps to try to continue to eat well, nourish my body with the right foods and things like that, just to get that digestion and gut imbalances under control. So taking probiotics, things like that. But that was an, an ongoing journey for me too, with just the digestive piece for sure, and trying to heal that component. Um, we also did a Dutch test together too, which was really interesting. And that essentially revealed that I had low progesterone and elevated cortisol levels. So the elevated cortisol levels definitely made sense because I was feeling a lot of stress, not just from the fertility journey, but stress in my job for sure. Uh, I think I tend to take on a lot and was working a lot. So I definitely felt those stress levels and with the low progesterone, my hormones definitely were not balanced at this point. So I did start to look for different ways to balance my hormones and try to figure out what would cause them to be imbalanced. Why would my progesterone be low? 
and started looking into different things like that as well. And I forgot to mention this actually at first, but I would say probably six months prior to this year of healing, I actually discovered uh, Beauty Counter and somebody had reached out to me about Beauty Counter and I learned about all of the different toxins that are in our makeup and skincare products, essentially. And I had no idea that things that I was using every single day could be not only impacting my health, but impacting my hormones. So especially once I saw the Dutch test and saw that my hormones were out of balance, I had made some changes beforehand about six months prior. You know, we stopped using candles. I was so big on the Bath and Body Works candles and the plugins and Scentsy because when you walked into our house, all of the guests and family and friends can attest to this, but you walked into our house and it smelled amazing. I mean, I, I love scented things, but there were definitely some not so good fragrances and chemicals that were hiding in those fragrances. So we had stopped using things like that and stopped um, using the makeup that I was using and skincare that I was using. I switched a lot of it over to beauty counter and different brands too. But once I actually saw the Dutch test and how my hormones were imbalanced, and then also doing a heavy metal test and seeing a lot of the um, actual toxins like BPA, I had a lot of BPA, a lot of pesticides and things like that inside of my blood test. And so we started to take it a lot more seriously and truly live a more non-toxic, clean lifestyle. So that involved changing out our pots and pans and switching from the plastic Tupperware to glass getting a water filter too, because the water in New Mexico is terrible. The quality is really bad. So we got a really good water filter and switched out our cleaning products, all the personal care products that we were using, tried to eat more organic food, avoiding artificial flavors, dyes, things like that too, that can also be hormone disruptors. So yeah, it was definitely a major lifestyle shift for us at that point. And this was a result of the testing that I was doing. So I wanted to make sure that I could start to rebalance some of my hormones if those products and things that we were using on a daily basis were causing some of that. We also did some mold testing too. And I did, I don't want to say test positive for mold, but um, I later learned that I have a more of a sensitivity to mold too. So um, there were a couple of mold markers, I guess, in that test. Um, so tried to look for ways to include that too. And I won't even get into this, but there's like a leak in our roof in one of the bedrooms. And so I think there's a little bit of mold with that. And so we were thinking that could be a potential cause. So um, yeah, we were starting to look into mold inspectors and all of that as well. So yeah, so many different aspects, I guess, that I'm getting into here from a health standpoint, but I'm telling you, we explored everything just to make sure that I was really focusing on healing my body. Um, so I mentioned that we did some genetic testing. So that's how I found out that I had a more of a susceptibility to mold. But through that genetic testing, we also discovered a few other things too, like uh, that we both actually have MTHFR gene mutations. And that along with some other genetic markers that we found uh, affect my ability to detoxify, which also explains the high levels of inflammation that I was encountering as well. And in all of the tests, no matter what changes I was making to my food and different things, my inflammation markers were always really high. And we realized too, that I'm not, I don't sweat well. And with the digestive issues too, I wasn't actually eliminating toxins the way that you need to. And that can cause a lot of inflammation in your body. 
So I knew that inflammation was an issue and I found a program by Dr. Bill Cole. Um, I think it's called cellular health. And I decided to join that program because it was really focused on healing from a cellular level. So I think a lot of times the healing that we focus on is more surface level and the protocol that he recommended, it was an AIP diet, but it also had um, different supplements and binders and things that you were supposed to be taking. And I followed that program. I think it was for six months, but to me, the cellular healing piece made a lot of sense because I had learned that the, the ovaries and your eggs have the largest concentration of cells in your body. And so to me, if my reproduction wasn't working and things you know, down there weren't functioning optimally to be able to get pregnant. Maybe it was a cellular problem. So I thought this is just a really deep dive. I might as well try it and see if I can actually heal my body at a more cellular level. So I did the AIP diet and AIP stands for autoimmune protocol. And it's really restrictive. You basically can't eat anything. (laughs) Um, You can have protein like in the form of meat and everything. So I was eating meat, um, some veggies, but a lot of veggies were off limits. You can't have nightshades. You can't have anything that would be um, spicy or peppery. Um, so no chilies, no you know bell peppers, things like that. You couldn't have um, nightshade vegetables or things like eggplants. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other ones were too. But I mean, no sugar, really no grains, Um Yeah, I think I had to use like coconut milk for a lot of things, coconut oil, avocado oil. So you can have healthy fats too, but it was just the whole idea behind it. The whole premise is to really reduce inflammation in your body and any types of foods that would cause inflammation. And when I did this diet, it really did help me a lot. It helped my my gut, my digestion. I feel like I cleared up my skin. I lost some weight. Um, It really helped heal the thyroid issues I was having. Um, that I mentioned too, it it did reduce the the inflammation too. So yeah, that was really beneficial, but not sustainable. It's not something I would recommend you doing um, just willy nilly. It's, it's not a diet. It's really a healing protocol. And um, I had, you know, the practitioners and the coaches and everybody to work with me while I was doing the program. So it was intense, but I, I am grateful that I did it. I learned a lot. I learned about different foods and got creative too, because this was actually over the holidays. And so over Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was on this AIP diet. So I made a full AIP menu really for myself and learned to recreate some of the recipes that I really liked, but just in a AIP compliant way. And, you know, it really challenged me, but in a good way. And um, I guess showed me that I was capable of doing something like that too. So again, boosted my confidence with a lot of things as well. So the inflammation reduced, but it wasn't necessarily fixed still. So one of the things that I did try next was a sauna. So I actually got a infrared sauna blanket. Now, the thing with the sauna blanket is you have to really be careful while you're on your cycle. So you really only want to be doing the sauna during your follicular phase. So after your period, during your follicular phase, um, probably not during ovulation and definitely not luteal phase if you're Uh, actively trying to get pregnant. So I did do it during my follicular phase as much as I could. And that really felt like such a good cleanse. It got me sweating. It cleared up a lot of the skin rashes I was experiencing. And I think it really helped with my inflammation as well. So that was a bonus and something that I 
recommend if you're interested in trying that. Uh, the blanket's really cool because you can just, I just lay on the floor on like a yoga mat with it, put on a meditation in my headphones, sit in it for 15, 20, 30 minutes, and you're sweating a lot by the end of it, but it feels really good. So yeah, that was something else that I tried. And then around this time too, I was also introduced to the fifth vital sign book by Lisa Hendricks and Jack. And I also am a huge fan of her podcast, uh, Fertility Fridays. And so this was my introduction to fertility awareness and actually charting your cycle. Because if you remember before this, I was tracking my cycle with the Ava bracelet and the Mira tracker and the Uva tracker. So, so many different trackers, but ultimately this made sense because this was, I would just use paper. I actually bought her book where it's a paper chart that I filled out every day and I would use a thermometer in the morning. So you wake up at the same time every morning and you check your basal body temperature, you record it, and you're looking for the shift in your temperatures along with your cervical mucus. So the cervical mucus that you have, you know, there's different types and I'll, I'll explain all of this in more detail in upcoming episodes, but Ultimately, this is when I started tracking my cycle in this way, and it felt so much better. I felt like I was using my body's signs to confirm ovulation as opposed to this technology. I'm not opposed to the te- technology, but I think for me, I just needed that connection to my body and that understanding of my body before relying on the technology to tell me. It was like I was telling myself as opposed to the technology telling me, if that makes any sense. But yeah, huge fan of paper charting. And if you have not read the book, The Fifth Vital Sign, that is a must read. That is such, such a good book. And I learned a lot. So, so yeah. So at this point, yeah, I was tracking my cycle, very aware of my ovulation and where I was at and how long my luteal phase was and everything. So trying to interpret that as best I could kind of just on my own with what I learned in the book and then through her tracker. So around this time, the partially health doctor that I was seeing, she recommended, since I still wasn't pregnant, she recommended it might be helpful to actually go see somebody in person and get some tests done. So I thought, you know what, that makes sense just to make sure structurally that everything is okay. She told me about a test called the HSG, which I think it's like hysterocell pingogram, probably got that a little wrong, but it's essentially where they shoot dye into your fallopian tubes to make sure that your tubes are not clogged. And that was a test that she recommended just to make sure that everything was okay. So um, I actually talked to a friend who recommended a local uh, nurse practitioner who helped her get pregnant. So I went to see this doctor and she, first thing she did before we even got into the HSG is she wanted to test my progesterone. And it was funny because she was like, no, we have to test it on day 21. And I was like, well, why day 21? She says, because that's when, you know, if you, since you always ovulate on day 14, we test it seven days after that. But I tried telling her, well, I I don't typically ovulate on day 14. You know, I track my cycle and I ovulate on day 15 or 16. And she was like, no, 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 that doesn't matter. You have to test it on day 21. And at that point, I, I don't want to say I knew better, but I did, right? Because I was tracking my cycle and I knew my body and I knew when I was actually ovulating. So that felt really empowering, I think, especially compared to the last time that I had gone to the OBGYN and knew nothing about ovulation, knew nothing about my cycle. So I guess that just kind of goes to show that in you know over two years, it was a very different feeling. And I felt very 
just knowledgeable about myself and my body. So that felt really good. But nonetheless, I went and got the test done on day 21 to test my progesterone levels. And it did come back low. Um, I don't know what it would have been if we had tested on the right day, but since it did come back a little bit low, it confirmed what I was seeing with the Dutch test as well. And then I remember her saying, dude, this was another red flag as I was doing this visit. Um, I was talking to her about ovulation and I said, well, this is, I'm charting my cycles. I actually brought in all the charts to show her too and show where I was ovulating. And, um, but I still wasn't getting pregnant and my luteal phase was really short. So she was thinking, well, maybe you're not even ovulating, but she said, you know what? Don't worry. If you're not ovulating, um, it's totally fine because what we'll do is we'll just give you a shot and we'll make your body ovulate. And as soon as she said that, it just, it really didn't sit well with me. I, I don't like the idea of forcing my body to do something that it should be doing on its own. To me, I always would want to know why, if I'm not ovulating, why am I not ovulating? And what can we do to help support my body to get that ovulation happening the way it should be happening? So yeah, that was a piece where just kind of like a little red flag. My little radars went off as I was in the office with her, but again, I kind of just shrugged it off and I was like, okay, well, whatever. I, I don't think we'll get to that point. So the next step was to do a vaginal ultrasound. So uh, she did the ultrasound. Well, she didn't, but the the techs ended up doing it. And then we went back up and she went through the results with me and the ultrasound looked good. I had a thick uterine lining. I had lots of follicles on each side too that you know, we're maturing. So no issues with egg quantity, uh, no issues with my uterine lining. There was a pretty small fibroid way off to the side, but it didn't seem like it was obstructing anything. And she said that that's pretty normal. So I didn't really think anything of it. And then as she was looking up at the papers, she noticed a really small speck off to the side or not off to the side, kind of like in the middle. And she wasn't really sure what it was. So she um, asked if she could do a vaginal exam really quick. And then she looked and she didn't see or find anything, but she suspected that that could be a polyp. And so I thought, okay, well, that's fine. So she got the ultrasound tech to confirm. And sure enough, it was a polyp right near a very small polyp. Cause again, she couldn't see it while she was doing the physical inspection and she could barely see it on the actual ultrasound results or the scans. But she, she said it was a polyp near the opening of my cervix and she actually recommended surgery to get it removed. And she said that I wouldn't be able to get pregnant at all unless I got this removed. So at first in hearing that, I was I was scared for one because A, I'd never been through any type of surgery in my life. I Again, I have not gone to doctors very often. We grew up with a very natural-minded mother. And so the idea of having surgery to get something removed just A, scared me. But then I also got kind of scared thinking, well, what if I don't remove it? What if this is the reason I can't get pregnant? And then if I don't remove this, is it going to grow? Is it going to get worse? Is it going to, it's right at the opening of my cervix. Is it going to block the sperm from going in? And then I can't get pregnant. So all of these thoughts were going through my mind and I, it just, it weighed on me. It weighed on me for a while. I felt pretty scared about it, but this was a big turning point for me in my journey because instead of leaning into that fear and just, you know, jumping at the suggestion of the doctor right away. I took a pause. I thought about it and I made the decision from my intuition. And I felt very called to just trust my body, trust that it was okay. And then I ended up declining the consultation for the surgery and I just never went back and I never got the surgery. So that felt really good because again, I felt 
confident in my decision. And I knew that it was the right decision for me. And I didn't feel pressured into getting the surgery. I just decided that, you know what? No, this, this isn't for me. This doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned. I felt really tense in my body when I was thinking about the idea of the surgery. And when I just decided to let it go, that tension just melted right away. So I knew I had made the right call and I just moved forward. So I continued to focus on my body and healing myself. Some of the things that I tried to were castor oil packs. Um, I did those about one to two times a week. So that was really helpful. I did some womb massage on myself. Um, no like actual specific routine or anything, but just kind of massaging body oil into my abdomen area um, after the shower. And to me, that just really helped strengthen my connection more to my body and my womb. I don't know that I was actually doing anything, but um, to me, it just felt like a really nice slow down moment to, to connect again. So that was helpful. Um, I did also do a quick consultation with Dr. Jill Blakeway um, from Yanova, and she is um, a really renowned doctor in Chinese medicine, and she prescribed some different herbs, so some herbal tinctures specifically to help with my spotting before and after my period, and then also to help lengthen my luteal phase too, since it was still pretty short. It was about nine to 10 days at that point. So um, I started taking those tinctures. You took one bottle during your menstrual and follicular, and then the other one during ovulation and luteal, or vice versa, maybe luteal and menstrual together. Um, so yeah, I would just dip those in water and take those every day. So around this time, I also started going to acupuncture for the first time, which I was never a fan of needles. So it did kind of intimidate me at first, but I promise it does not hurt. It actually was really nice. And it was a nice moment to just take in some self-care. You know, the acupuncturist that I went to, she was so sweet and really helpful. Steve and I actually both did it too, which was really cool. And, um, well, I thought it was really cool. I don't know that he really liked it again, but he did it. <laughs> he was a very willing participant. And, um, one thing that I learned from Michelle Orovitz, so she's an acupuncturist as well. And she had always said, I remember, I don't remember where I heard it, but she said, if you're going to do acupuncture, put your hand on your womb, on your abdomen, and then just say to yourself or say out loud, I love you. I love you. I love you. And just keep repeating that. So I did in every session that I went, I put my hand in my womb and I would just say, I love you. I love you. And just direct that loving energy, I guess, towards my womb, towards my baby. So I know some of this sounds silly, maybe as I say it out loud, but it's these little things that really just helped me connect back to my body, connect back to my womb and heal my body, you know, relieve some of that stress and everything that I was experiencing too. So I loved acupuncture. I loved going. I would definitely always look forward to the appointments. So I think in total, we ended up doing that for three months or so. Um, but I definitely want to go back. I've been thinking about that actually. Um, so yeah, that was one thing. I also did some fertility yoga through fertility hope yoga. If you are not signed up for that, you absolutely should. Um, Erin McCullough, I think is her last name is how you say it. She is such a, a joy, a little a hidden gem. She is amazing. She has a ton of different routines based on your cycle. There's a whole community too that you can join. And it's just really helpful from a fertility standpoint and uh, a lot of really, really great resources. So I did some fertility yoga. I also did some foam rolling with um, the Aligned Studio. You can sign up for that as well too. But those were some workouts that I really enjoyed that were really restorative and 
helped again heal my body in a different way. And then the last thing that I did, not necessarily last, but one of the major things that I did to help heal my body was I started working with a fertility coach one-on-one. So Nora Deborah is my fertility coach. She's incredible. She helped me tremendously. And she was the first person that I really worked with one-on-one. Everything else that I had done up to this point was uh, group programs and things like that and courses. So she, man, she helped so much. We went through all of my lab results and she combed through everything. She was the first person to identify that I had um, some adrenal imbalances too, based on some of my lab results. So we helped rectify that. We took a look at all, all of the different supplements that I was taking. There were so many. And she helped me customize a plan to suit my needs based on my lab results. So it felt a lot more intentional about why I was taking different supplements. And I knew what it was going to help with too. So definitely appreciated that about Nora and, um, just working with her was incredible. She helped me a lot with my cycle charting too, and identifying some patterns that I hadn't seen and helped me accurately record my cervical mucus findings too, just so that I knew more accurately when my fertile days were and everything as well. So can't recommend it enough, but working with a fertility coach one-on-one helped me so, so much on my journey. And I feel like had I done that sooner, it probably would have discovered a lot more things um, faster along the way. So highly recommend that. Um, I also stopped taking my thyroid medication. I felt kind of the same thing with the surgery. I just thought, you know what, I'm taking this, but I don't feel like I really need it. So I stopped taking it. And based on everything else that I had been doing, my thyroid levels really normalized. And the next blood test that I took, um, I had been off the medication for a while, but all of the results were fine on their own without taking it. So since then I have not taken any more thyroid medication either. So, um, no need to do that. And then let's see from a nutrition standpoint still. So I had also done, um, seed cycling. So if you don't know what that is, you eat different types of seeds at different points in your cycle. And again, they're designed to help with balancing your hormones So that was something that I was still trying to focus on with improving my progesterone levels. And after that really restrictive AIP diet, I focused on nourishing my body. There were foods that I liked from AIP, a lot of the veggies and protein focus, but I didn't want to deprive myself anymore. I really just ate whatever felt good for my body. I didn't follow a specific diet. I was still eating gluten. I was still eating dairy and a lot of the things that they say you can't necessarily have, but I, I felt really nourished. I found a way to work with my body and what it needed. So, um, yeah, it felt good overall. So yeah, that was, I guess, more around what I tried and what I did to heal my body and focus on the physical aspect, I guess, of fertility. And the great thing about all of this too, is that because I was tracking my cycle so well, I started to see the changes. It's it's just really cool and empowering when you know that you're making all of these lifestyle shifts and then you see those changes in your cycle from month to month. To me, that was really cool just to see those results in action. So my cervical mucus started improving to where I would have more of the fertile cervical mucus and slowly but surely my luteal phase started lengthening too. I was seeing less spotting before and after my period. So it was just really encouraging. And again, I felt really empowered because I was making decisions about my body from a place of knowledge, from a place of confidence. I finally understood how my body worked and not just understanding 
I mean, I think there's a lot of knowledge out there about different things, but I knew what was working for me and for my body because we're all unique and there's different things that are going to work for me that won't work for you and vice versa. So just trying to learn and understand what works for you is so key and really, really helpful along the way. So yeah, I started to really heal my body and um, I was just feeling good, feeling good mentally, feeling good physically. And I was thinking, all right, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm definitely going to get pregnant. It felt like I was right on the cusp of it for sure. Um, but even though all of that was improving, I still wasn't getting pregnant. So I thought, okay, there's another angle here that maybe I haven't explored. You know, I've gotten through the emotional piece, the mental piece, I've gotten through the physical piece. What else is there? And I, I don't know. I just, I was a little sad still, I guess, not, not like before, before it was just really devastating that I would get my period each month this time around because of all the work that I was doing, I felt disappointed because again, I still wanted to be a mom, right? So it is disappointing to get your cycle each time, but I wasn't, you know, crying on the floor each time I got my period. The feelings weren't as heavy, I guess I could say. And so one time I remember this vividly that I had just gotten my period and I had this moment where I was just, ugh, like, why, why is this happening to me? And instantly I heard God's voice. I know it's going to sound crazy, but I heard God's voice. And he said that he was protecting me from heartbreak and pain. And I think he knew that I wouldn't have been able to handle the loss of a miscarriage. And I felt like he really spared me from that pain. And I just felt really cared for in that moment. And my spiritual connection to God just improved from that day on. So it was kind of a awakening, I guess you could say. But that was a, a really pivotal moment in my journey for sure. And that's when I really realized that this journey was happening for me instead of it happening to me. And that shift helped me to see that this fertility journey that I'd been on, that it was a gift. And I realized that it could be a lot worse. I felt actually really lucky because I didn't experience any type of pain in regards to a miscarriage or losing a baby or having to try for years and years and years. I mean, all in all, my fertility journey ended up being three years long. And I know there are women who, you know, have 10 year journeys, 14 year journeys. And I felt lucky that I didn't have to go through this that long um, or experience that level of pain and loss. So I started to feel a sense of gratitude and I started to really appreciate it for what this was. I felt like it was an opportunity for me to pause and be intentional about my life and just really start to think about what do I want for my life? What type of mother do I want to be? Um, you know, how do I want to live my life? And I I don't know. I've just felt really happy to have that chance to not only heal my mind and my body, but really heal my soul. I felt like my soul was in need of a lot of healing. So I did take some time to reflect and I reflected on my current values and my life and whether my life was really living into those values. And I found that I was out of alignment with a lot of different things, especially out of alignment with the type of mom that I knew I wanted to be because I knew I wanted to be a very present mom. I knew I wanted to be involved and be there for my daughter or my future kids. And at the time, you know, I was working 12 plus hour days. I was skipping meals, skipping lunches, working through lunches, saying yes to every single meeting, taking on additional work and just really not taking care of myself. 
And I had the realization that if I'm not taking care of myself, how am I going to take care of a baby? You know, no wonder I'm, I'm not getting pregnant at this point. My life just really wasn't conducive to pregnancy for one, but also to motherhood. So while this type of, we'll call it work ethic, I guess, um, it's really more like a lack of boundaries, but this work ethic is what got me promoted. It helped me increase my salary over the years. And although I was grateful for that experience, if I was truly being honest with myself, I just wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't fulfilled in my job. I wasn't fulfilled in the work I was doing. And I wanted, my priorities shifted, I guess, right? So my priorities shifted from trying to achieve and do more and, I don't know, climb the corporate ladder. My priority shifted to healing myself, healing my body, optimizing my fertility, and just preparing for pregnancy, preparing for motherhood. So I started to set more boundaries at work. I started to decline meetings. I started to, you know, not reply to emails. I started to actually leave work on time. What a concept, you know, and prioritizing my self-care too. So making sure I wasn't skipping my meals because that's another big thing that was impacting my hormones that I didn't even realize at the time. So I had, you know, my set meals and I would step away, take a break and just live a life that felt more aligned with the future that I was wanting for myself, for my baby, for future kids. So I started to feel more connected to my body. I was tuning into what I needed and I started to live in alignment with my cycle too. So that's really when I started to do more cycle syncing with the types of foods that I was eating, the workouts I was doing, um, especially if I was on my period, trying to rest more and, you know, not do as much from a work standpoint as well. And then one thing that was really big is I started to prioritize joy for once. I actually did things that made me happy. I wrote out an actual joy list and I made sure that I did something on that list every single day. And these aren't big things. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It was just things like drinking a cup of tea or watching the sunset at night or reading my Magnolia journal magazine that I always look forward to getting every quarter. So just doing things like that and making time for things that brought me joy and made me happy. So another piece too, is I started to visualize myself actually being pregnant and what it would be like to have my baby and picturing myself pregnant. And it's funny too, because in these realizations, I would always picture a little girl with dark hair and light eyes. That was always what was in my vision. So um, remember that because that's key to the story later on too. But I guess, yeah, to top it off, I felt like from a soul standpoint, there were so many magical moments that just let me know that I was on the right path. It was just confirmation that I was on the right path, doing the right thing. And in fact, I actually asked for a sign to kind of just represent my future daughter and connect with my baby. And um, yeah, I knew she was on her way to me, but I just, I wanted that comfort in the form of a sign. And for some reason, when I asked for that sign, baby B kept coming up. So I thought, well, maybe that's to, to stand for my last name. My last name is Brionis, you know, the letter B. So I thought, okay, well, Bs, I'll just look for Bs as my sign, like the letter B. And then later that day, I remember I went to go pick up food and the cashier had such a beautiful tattoo of an actual bee, like the insect. And it was right on her arm, but it was so pretty. And instantly my heart started just like fluttering and I got this feeling inside and I knew, okay, that is my sign. It's bees um, and like bumblebees. So yeah, from then on, I started to see bees everywhere. So whenever I was 
maybe getting down or feeling a little lost or a little deflated, there would always be some sort of bee symbol that would come up, whether it be something I saw on the internet or an actual bee outside. Um, yeah, there were just like bees showing up in my life all over the place, which was so cool. And for those of you that know me, you know that I'm actually scared of bugs. I actually hate bugs. And so this was not a sign that I actually picked for myself. I promise I would never have picked a bug. <laughs> but I think it's just really cool because I feel like my little girl is, she's curious and she's brave and she's probably not going to be afraid of bugs like me. And so it's just cool. She's like my little baby bee. So um, one of the cool things that I'll share with uh, the signs that had come up too was I remember shopping one time and I saw these really really pretty earrings. They were these dainty little gold hoops and they had a mother of pearl stone and then these little gold bees dangling in front of the mother of pearl, which I thought was such a beautiful representation. They were so perfect. It was like the little bee represented the little baby that was inside of me and that I was meant to be her mom, um, you know, with the mother of pearl that was like me. And so I definitely bought them. And then I wore those earrings every time I needed like a a boost of confidence if I was kind of having a low day or feeling a little, you know, upset for whatever reason, I would put on those earrings and it just really helped again, restore my belief in my fertility and give me that confidence that this is happening for me. It's, it's a matter of time. My baby's on my way to me. It's just a matter of time. So yeah, everything was coming together at this point. I felt like my mindset was in order. My body was in order. I was starting to, you know, bring back that joy to my life and experiencing all these little magical moments that were just little synchronicities that really, I don't know, just gave me life. But the one thing that was missing is I still was not fulfilled in my job. So uh, actually later on in my journey at this point, I had found out about two of my friends who struggled to get pregnant and I had no idea. And uh, I don't know. It made me mad actually, not mad at them, but like just made me mad in general that these women that, you know, were my friends that I loved, that I cared for also had gone through this and had had to suffer to get their babies. And I think even though they had kids now and, um, you know, it ended up working out for them, they struggled to get pregnant. And during that time, they had no one to talk to. They didn't have any resources. They didn't have any support. They had nowhere to turn. One of them ended up doing IUI. Another one did IVF, multiple rounds of it too, both experiencing miscarriages. And it was just, just really sad to hear that people that I knew actually had gone through this too, not just me. And, you know, I knew that feeling. I knew how they were feeling through that journey. And I didn't want them to feel that way. I didn't want to feel that way, but I especially didn't want them to feel that way. And I didn't want other women to feel that way. So that's really the moment when I discovered my passion and I found my calling as a fertility coach. And I decided that I, you know, I want to be part of the change. I'd learned so much over the past three years. And I just, I felt like a brand new woman. I'd not only overcame so much in terms of my mental and emotional well-being, but also healing my body and learning so much about my body, really facts and knowledge that all women should know about their body. It's just crazy to me still that at 30 years old is when I found out this information and it should have been taught to us years ago. So I just, I knew I had to be part of the change and I knew I was meant to help women get pregnant and that I experienced this as part of my journey so that I can help other women 
overcome these obstacles and prevent a lot of these pain points that I experienced and that my friends experienced and that so many other women have had to experience too. So at this point, I still wasn't pregnant, but I didn't care. It didn't matter. I still knew that I wanted to help women get pregnant. And I knew that I would be helping myself eventually too. Again, just a matter of time. I knew it was just a matter of time. So yeah, I think ultimately to wrap things up, I probably forgot a few things. I'm sure there's something else that I tried that I I forgot to mention. I'll try to bring it up in another future episode if I need to. But yeah, as you can see, pretty much tried everything. I think the only thing we ended up not trying was any type of ART, so the artificial reproductive technology. And I mean, again, here's why. I grew up always using natural remedies. We hardly ever went to the doctor for anything. And even though my quote-unquote fertility challenges were unexplained, it never felt like IVF would be part of my story or needed to be part of my story. I knew my body was healthy and it just never seemed necessary because I felt like I had all the parts. I just needed to figure out what the small root cause was, but it didn't seem like I needed to do IVF ever. So um, Steve reminded me of this the other day, but I know during my breaking point, we had talked through just all of our options, what we were going to do if it didn't work out. But I guess our preferred order of things was try naturally. If that didn't work, we would try to do an at-home IUI. If that didn't work, we would go to the doctor and do an IUI. If that didn't work, we would try IVF. And if that didn't work, we would do adoption. So that was kind of like our our plan, what A, B, C, D, E, F, G kind of thing. And we just, we never got to that point. So I... I was able to, I guess, restore my belief in my body's ability to get pregnant to where I knew my body is designed for this. My body is capable of this. I can do this. I can get pregnant naturally. And at that point, IVF was just off the table. I never even considered it again or thought that I needed to try it. So ultimately I thought that my, or I felt that my year of healing that I took was truly the magic formula to me, that was my introduction to conscious conception and the idea of being intentional about becoming a mother and taking that time and that pause to really reflect on the type of mother I wanted to be, um, healing my body, healing my mind, healing my soul and preparing everything in advance before my baby actually came. So spoiler alert, (laughs) I did end up getting pregnant. And of course, went on to give birth to my beautiful, dark-haired, light-eyed little girl, who was the exact little girl in my vision. Um, And I will be sharing our conception story on a future episode because there were a lot of little magical moments that I want to share with that too. So stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, I think what I learned is the the thing about fertility is it's not purely physical, right? If it were purely physical... IVF would have a 100% success rate and it doesn't. It's closer to 50%, 60%, really lower in some clinics. So to me, it takes a full holistic approach of focusing on your mind, your body, and your soul. And it takes intention, being intentional in all areas of your life, in your health, in your life. And that's exactly what I teach my clients in my signature course, Fertile Foundation. So I created the course based on my experience that I just outlined for you. I curated all of the steps, the resources, the information, the knowledge, everything that helped me to optimize my fertility 
and ultimately get pregnant naturally after trying everything I could think of for three years. So in the course, I'm going to walk you through my unique fertility chi framework. If you don't know the term chi, uh, it essentially means energy and life force. And I feel like, again, fertility is that life force, that creation of life. And in this case, chi is actually an acronym. So I'm spelling it C-H-I. Um, and it stands for these three things. So the C is conquer your mind. So in that module, we're going to be diving into limiting beliefs, past traumas, and just helping you to improve your mental well-being, your emotional well-being. So that way you can also restore your belief in your ability to get pregnant. I want you to have that confidence in your body again and know that you're designed for this. You're meant to be a mom and you're absolutely capable of getting pregnant. And I want you to be able to experience that peace too throughout the rest of your journey and knowing that your baby's on your way to you and that it's just a matter of time before you get pregnant and before you are holding your baby in your arms. So that's the C, conquer your mind. Now the H stands for heal your body. And in this module, we're going to be reviewing how to actually properly nourish your body and improve your cycle because that way we can balance out your hormones reactivate your body's innate ability to reproduce. Because again, you're designed to carry life. You're designed to get pregnant. And I want you to be able to finally understand how your body works and to feel empowered in the decisions that you make about your body along the journey and ultimately what it needs going forward. Whether that's nourishment, the foods that you eat, how you approach rest, ways to balance your hormones. I went over a lot of different things that worked for me. They may not all work for you, but I want you to be able to tap into your intuition to know what your body needs in the moment. So that's H, heal your body. And lastly, the I stands for ignite your soul. So together, we're going to look at ways to help you live your best life now, because I want to help you rediscover your passions. I want to help you bring more joy into your life too, so that you can experience that happiness and experience pleasure and that connection back to yourself, the connection to your baby, spiritual connection, whatever it is to just, again, reignite your soul and start living the life that you're meant to live. So to learn more about this course and how it can help you get pregnant naturally, head to the link in the show notes. I'm going to have everything down below for all of the details. And I just, I can't wait to support you on your path towards motherhood. I hope that this uh, episode was helpful too. If you listen to both of these episodes, I know they've been a little bit long, but I just want to say thank you. It really means so much to me. And I hope this was beneficial just to hear more about me, my journey, all the things I experienced and all the things we tried, but stay tuned. To, like I said, for an upcoming episode, all about our conception story, because there were just a lot of really special things that I wanted to be able to share with you too. So I cannot wait to talk to you again, and thank you again for being here. I truly, truly appreciate you, my friend. Take care. All right, friend, that's it for today. It was great catching up with you, though, and I can't wait to do it again next week. Can I just say, I really appreciate you being here, and it means so much that you took time out of your day to listen in. So what'd you think of the episode? Let me know if you enjoyed it by leaving a rating and review. It'll just take a second, and this simple act of generosity helps more women discover the podcast so they can feel supported on their fertility journey as well. Thank you for being so kind and paying it forward. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you're looking to connect with other women who are trying to get pregnant 
then I've got just the place for you. Consider this your personal invitation to join the Fertility Friends community. It's a safe and supportive space to connect that's off of social media, and it's totally free. Head on over to blossomingfertility.com slash friends to join. I can't wait to welcome you inside. Take care, my friend.